हेलो एवरीवन दिस इज कथक का चक्कर माय नेम इज प्रमित एंड दिस प्लेस इज डिजाइन टू बी अ सेंट्रल प्लेटफॉर्म टू ब्रिंग कॉन्वर्सेशंस विद कथकर्स अक्रॉस द ग्लोब टुडे आई हैव विद मी स्वरश्री श्रीधर शी इज द प्राइम डिसाइपल ऑफ गुरु पाली चंद्रा and has been learning kathak for the last 10 years under gurukul studios as the youngest distinction holder of the istd vocational advanced course from the uk she has performed in london switzerland belgium india and the uae and believes in bringing about a change in society through dance swarashri how are you i'm good pramit how are you I'm doing well. Uh, so let's just get into it. Uh, tell us. I know that one of the things you are really passionate about is spreading the message about dance as a career. So could mm-hmm. you tell us about that? Yes, definitely. I think the normalization of dance in um, in the society as a career is very important because some of the most normal reactions I get even now is, "Oh, you're taking dance as a career. That's going to be your future. That's um." interesting so um i think with so for people not to get those kind of reactions it's important to um, normalize it in our society and that should start from home because the correct environment uh, for a dancer begins at home and i think i've been very lucky because my mother and paternal grandmother are carnatic vocalists and my father is a public speaker so naturally i was born into a very artistic family who actually encouraged taking up performing arts in a very serious way but um once i knew that i wanted to do dance as a career um thankfully my parents were in full support of my decision and they even helped me research courses that would support my dance journey because there are actually if you think about it there are many dance companies all over the world um there are event organizations that sponsor and or even fund dancers to present their works in various places so i knew that with the right network um and the right connections i would be able to start performing once i graduated from school but you see the thing is that uh, from from my knowledge dancers know other dancers so if i'm a kathak dancer i know and i follow other kathak dancers and other dance companies and not just kathak i think in any art form um you know people in your network who are in the same um Uh, profession as you but people who are outside that circle uh, people who are outside the indian classical dance circle or the performing arts circle are completely clueless they don't know that um they do know that dance companies exist but they don't know how successful they are how they don't the knowledge uh, of uh, whether this type of career would work or not is not known to many people and um i realized this when i told my school that that i want to take dance as a career because we were in our last two years and uh, last two years of high school and we had to start applying to universities and i as a person knowing um fully well that if i wanted to dance and perform worldwide i couldn't take up a professional traditional uni- university course uh, because it would be intense there would be a lot of classes and courses that i had to take and that would limit my number of performances and it would ba- bound me to one geographic location for a very long time and i didn't want to do that i wanted to perform everywhere and travel everywhere um i dream big so <laughs> i knew that i should choose a course that would support my dance journey and career 
for further education so that it would be flexible enough. And again, these things aren't known to many people who are outside this, um, the outside, outside the art circle. So with the knowledge of uh, potential courses that I could take up with my um, dance, which would also allow me the time to dance, choreograph, create and perform, I approached my school again. And I think, again, I've been very lucky to have an understanding support system in school who actually encouraged my choices and helped me out even more because they obviously knew how which courses to approach, um, depending on my likes and dislikes as well. And I think what I'm trying to say is normalizing dance as a career in at least South Asians can be very challenging as many people could be worried about the security it provides. But I believe that if we have the right education, which could obviously mean both dance education and academic education supporting us, it can definitely take us a long way. And um, I've seen that happen in my own family. Turning your passion into your profession is probably the best thing that can happen to someone. So with the right resources and the right support system, which I think can it'll definitely you'll be able to do that because all it requires is a mindset change from within you and within your supporting family members or supporting society. So that's the normalization that I would like to see in the world. Okay, so and that brings me to my next question. If out so now that you've known what options are there, so could you tell us like after high school and now that you've graduated from your vocational course? Mm -hmm. What are the options available for someone who is looking to da take dance as a career and not maybe go to convent traditional college? Right. So actually, I have taken up ACCA, which is a chartered accountancy, and it's a professional degree rather than going into university and doing four years. I can take this at my own pace and take each paper by paper and get both my bachelor's and master's degree in accounting um, this way. And the best part is I don't need to be worried about not being able to travel uh, because my classes are flexible. And I think the best part, if I may say, about uh, this pandemic is that all my classes have turned online and it's given me the literal flexibility to do whatever I want with my dance. It's given me the time to actually choreograph and collect my thoughts and actually um, go for more dance courses, uh, like a dance literature course that I just recently um, completed. It's helped me a lot. And it's also less stressful, if I may say, uh, because I don't have to worry about 10 different things. The other courses I know, um, which I mean, there are a lot of online courses available everywhere because I, I spent two years researching all of this. So if, if you really put your mind to it, if someone really wants to um, take up uh, performing arts as a career option and they are, they're not finding it in a university that they want to and want to just perform, they can definitely find an online course that gives them a degree. If not, at least a certified online course that will help them uh, for a couple of years. And then if they want to pursue a degree as such, they can look for more options. Um, accounting fell into my lap and I think I've been very happy with that. But if someone doesn't want to obviously take these type of professional degrees, then there's a lot of options. You just have to look for it. And, okay. And I guess I wanted to ask you about this then, since you've been looking about uh, at online degrees uh, and when it comes to performing arts and dance, are there any courses and degrees that you found that you'd recommend to others as a result of the research you've been doing? 
So I've not found anything necessarily that's online for uh, dance, uh, mm-hmm. if I may say. Uh, and also, I wasn't actually looking at a dance degree personally because I just finished my advanced course and I got my dance diploma. Right. So I knew that I can, I still have time to perform before I get into um, looking at a dance degree, which mm-hmm. um, I know that the like the ISTD as a um, curriculum gives out a degree for teaching, but um, the diploma is good enough for performing. And that's what I wanted to do first. I want to perform as much as I can okay. um, before I get into teaching. So for dance, I, at least, okay, let me say this. For at least Kathak, mm-hmm. this is what I, I know. Uh, I've not found anything online, but um, I have found supporting courses. Like um, I found this really nice storytelling course, uh, storytelling for social change. And that went really well with my belief system, my uh, likes and um, everything, because I'm a person who loves to tell stories. Obviously, I'm a Kathakar and I love telling stories. And it went with the social change um, factor. And that course itself, even though it was about writing and um, telling stories, it helped me collate everything that I wanted to, to be able to translate it into dance. So supporting courses are always available. If not the actual course, you can always find that. Understood. And yeah, thanks for that. So I guess wanted to come back to your vocational course a bit. Uh, could mm-hmm. you, so what is the, so could you tell us what's the difference between say doing a vocational course formally and just learning Kathak under a guru and going to classes and that? I think the best part about our vocational course was how structured it was. Mm-hmm. They had, um, different um, sections and I actually uh, think if you had spoken uh, if you have spoken to my Guru Behan Methli uh, she would have definitely definitely touched upon this because this syllabus has really helped us go deeper into um, each topic because until we're in the grade system of ISTD we have learned we have covered different topics but as soon as we get into the vocational course um, it starts going deeper into each topic that we've learned and they have separate sections for uh, body alignment, uh, for safe dancing, for um, abhinaya, but abhinaya in specific um, types of compositions, like abhinaya in tumri, but how does it differ from betiki bhav to a regular, um, a regular other composition? So they go really in depth with it. And I'm not saying that um, you can't do any of this without a structure. I think with the way the world is going and how fast the world is moving now, um, students are doing many different things. They're not just going to dance class. They're also going to um, music class. Uh, schools put academic pressure. So when you have a structure available, it's it's just a viable option because you know what to refer to. You know how to get there quicker. And obviously, I think as a, as a Gurukulite, I, I think I can say this for all of us, uh, as a, obviously a Gurukul student, sorry, uh, we call ourselves Gurukulites. Um, I can say that we've had both. We have had training under our gurus and mentors, and we've had the structured education system. So we've had the best of both worlds, if I may say that. Um, that would be the main distinction of um, having that structured ISTD syllabus is what I can say, yeah. And yes, uh, Methley definitely touched upon that and you've expanded on it a bit. So thank you for that, Swarashri. And that brings me to my next question that Padiji requested me to ask as well. Mm-hmm. So 
when it comes to uh, we understand now that I understand the unique parts of your training. Are there were there any aspects of the training that you felt that there were gaps in, or you want to improve upon when you eventually become a teacher? I don't think I'll be able to judge what was lacking because as a student, I've been on a constant um, voyage of discovery. <laughs> as I, um, I think as I step into the professional world, I know how vital that learning of my journey has been so far. Because not only did I learn under Paliji for ISTD, we would also go to different parampara workshops um, where we would go back to Lucknow and we would train under different gurus for a day like each guru a day and uh, we would get their knowledge and their perspectives into the art form and that definitely expanded my um, knowledge in small small things that Paliji, like, Paliji helped us get and I, I would have also um, I would really like to share this like Paliji has also taken me to many uh, recording studios music recording studios and shown me um, how a person or how a dancer would get their music recorded, how important music record knowledge of music recording and editing is. And also when Paliji was uh, recording for her Learn Kathak online um, sessions and her Natya Sutra online project, I would be behind the camera and I think I just got to observe firsthand how to dance for a camera. So those unique things, I, I don't, I am so gifted to have gotten that training. Uh, I, and I also, I know that I've heard my dad say this a lot, when you, while you have a great teacher like Paliji, it's important that you're a great student, which means actively or passively observing everything that she has said, be it in our face-to-face -face classes or our nowadays Zoom classes or any normal conversation or all the other places that I've been uh, where, where I've been in, where Paliji has also been, for example, these recording studios or the recording projects, the on, uh, Learn Kathak online projects, where I just got to observe firsthand. I wasn't necessarily doing much. I was just sitting there. But just seeing that entire environment sort of teaches you a lot. So when I start, I think when I start teaching, I know that this foundational legacy that Paliji has taught us all, I will definitely not change that. Um, Maybe how I deliver it may change depending on how the times are, what the needs of people are. Um, and one thing Balaji always insists on is documenting and training, uh, documenting the training, sorry, which is definitely one thing I'll use as well. Um, that is how she has taught me one particular class, especially most of my training um, recently in the past four years has been distance training. She's been in Switzerland and I've been in Dubai. And we would only meet quarterly whenever she visits Dubai or I go to Switzerland. And um, so the documenting of the training that she has done online, I see, I hold of much value because as the world moves forward, I feel like online training is definitely going to increase a lot. And as a student who has learned um, many of my advanced pieces online, I should know the technique of teaching online. So that's one thing that I will definitely use when I teach. And I think I said this before, I fancy creative writing and creative stories a lot. So I would implement that if I have a dance school of my own. I would not only teach children how to dance or create in their dance, I would definitely teach them how to write creatively or how to sing about it or act it and have all those other performing art, performing arts imbibed in them from a, from an early age so expression of their feelings and the depiction of that is will be like 
a snap of a finger when they actually want to take up such a profession. Okay, um, yeah, lots to dig through there, Swarshi. So <laughs> let's start with Parampara, because you mentioned that Paliji took you to different gurus in India, and just mm -hmm. the fact that she had that kind of independence and confidence to take you to other gurus is kind of rare, you know? So could yes, you definitely. tell us, oh uh, yeah, could you, uh, yeah, because, you know, in, in general, we usually stick to one guru and we don't try to go to other ones. And could you tell us when you get, when you have the blessing of your guru to go to other gurus and learn from that, what does that bring to your skill set? How does that make you as a Kathaka? I think it makes your knowledge vast and wide and everything that someone could hope for, because then um, <laughs> I use this phrase a lot. It is the best of both worlds. You have your blessing, your training of your own guru, and you have the experiences you have with other gurus. Those moments that you share with other gurus are also as valuable because um, I think the Guru Shishya Parampara model itself is filled with trust, respect, and love for your guru and love for your shishya um, in, in that way. So when you get to even get a, a pinch of it from other, other renowned gurus um, and learning and imbibing their knowledge is such a blessing. So I think having a guru who helps you get more knowledge from other gurus is just, is really nice. And I, I think as um, a Gurukulite and as Paliji student, I'm very lucky to have um, gotten such experiences. I see. And yeah, thanks for sharing that. And which brings me to my next question. And when it comes to dance as a career, and because mm -hmm. I've been thinking about this, that so say if you became a lawyer and doctor or engineer, you don't have to be like a really good one, to be honest. You don't have to be mm -hmm. a good one. You can be an average or mediocre one and still make a living. And from, I, I'm just curious from, for, from a dancer's perspective, can you be an average dancer and still make a living or do you have to be the cream of the crop to, to sustain yourself in dance? What do you think? Personally, I would say be the best at, how your your own best at what you can give in that dance mm -hmm. uh, while performing but um it's not hard to i think there are a lot of skills that go within dancing it's not just dancing or your technique it can also be the your presentational skills so if your presentational skills are amazing um and you are you are still an average dancer, but your presentational skills are amazing, then why? Obviously, you're going to book shows. And that's good because um, it is helping you earn a living. Um, if you don't have either, I mean, if you're average at both, I don't see it difficult to book shows, um, in, depending on which country you are in. If it's a place like UAE, you may not make as much because um, uh, apart from the fact that the funding available in UAE is probably not as much as it would be in India or UK or other places that actually give funding for the arts. Um, but that that's basically what I'm getting to. Like it, it, it all, I think, comes down to where you're where you're living, where you get funded, uh, which dance company you are a part of or which event is sponsoring you, uh, because it also has to do with the connections you make. 
Um, so it's not just dependent on your dance alone. It's also depending on dependent on your networking skills, your presentational skills, um, your speaking skills. And uh, honestly, as of this day and age, also your media presence, your social media presence, because people know each other probably through social media, like a lot more than they know each other personally. So if I, if your name is very, as a dancer, if, if, if your name is very recognizable on social media, and you say, hey, I'm performing in this particular place, come join me, watch me, people are going to come because they respect you as a dancer, regardless of anything, like they like your work on social media, so they will come and watch. And I think that's a really nice way to um, get audience and actually raise awareness about the art form itself. So um, yeah, I, th I think that's what, it doesn't matter as of as of today i i think it should hold a lot of importance your dance technique should be um very true you should be true to your art form but there are other skills that go into performing and um definitely with this day and age technology plays a big role so yeah that's what i would say i hope i answered the question <laughs> um yes you did uh, i think what you what you covered is that if you feel like you're not the best dancer in the world, it's not just about one aspect. There are multiple aspects of that whole puzzle. And yes, that definitely. whole thing makes it up. And so to, just to get into that a bit more. So I've seen there all like I've seen there's all, all sorts of kathakas in the world. It's not just performers, it's not just dancers. Um and I know that's a huge part of it, but uh, have you, uh, in, in, uh, since you're so attached to the industry, what are mm -hmm. the other kind of careers that you have seen around Kathak, which is if performance arts, maybe say not, it's not your main. Definitely teaching is a large part of um, this industry, like the Kathak industry itself, mm -hmm. um, because you may see more teachers than actual performers. Um, so teaching is a, is a big part of the, the population but you can also have uh, dance journalists uh, who are not only kathak dance journalists but just dance journalists in general or um, critiques choreographers um actually like i even know like paliji had uh, when she when we toured london she had actually introduced us to um a light and sound technician who who like actually like like designs light and sound for kathak dancers so having the knowledge of kathak but then doing something uh technology based is also a career platform and um i think that i, that I found that really interesting you can also become like um a singer for or a singer or a musician for for dance you can have knowledge of dance but you can be a singer for dance you can be um a tabla player, a sarangi player, sitar player. Um, I actually know this works. This is um, this happens a lot in the South Indian uh, um, art circle, like in Bharatnatyam and Kuchipudi. If you are a singer for the for the arts for the dance, sorry, um, you're still connected to that dance aspect in a way. And having the knowledge of dance and then being a singer would, I think, just increase your value. So, those are the connected art forms that I can say in a nutshell, but I'm sure there are a lot more. Awesome. And so then now that we have that picture, mm -hmm. and sorry, so, so say if you had 
a friend or like some uh, and you know you've had that support system growing up but say if you have like a classmate or someone younger who doesn't have that support system or is trying to work that out with their parents what would you say to that family what would you say to them that maybe would help them go in, go in another direction you can't really change someone's mind but how can you help mm-hmm. them out i would definitely try and um talk to them about the positives first of the career it's because being in a career you don't like or you um are are not okay with just first of all leads to a lot of um mental health issues um because then you find it mundane monotonous you're not happy in your job and that job satisfaction is just not going to be there which really affects a person but um apart from those things i think i would definitely encourage them to get that further education because i'm not i am not someone who um is only taking up dance i am taking further education and not just as a backup thing but also because i enjoy the subject i've chosen as further education um i would encourage them to look at different options that support them so taking dance as the main um focus but supporting them with different different um skill sets and uh, different like knowledge of different things so in any case you are financially secure if something happens if and that something could be you get injured and you can never dance or you get injured and you can't teach or you um in are in such a situation like the pandemic where you can't perform it's always good to have other skills and ha- like having and knowing other skills is never going to be a disadvantage to anybody um i would encourage that and i would say that it's not yes dance is like performing dance let me just be clear on that performing can be like a very fluctuating um a uh, career line because you you may not get some particular shows um i mean literally take the pandemic as an example so the arts industry has suffered quite a bit right. but there are still people who are surviving you just you just need to come up from all of that so if you're so strong and you you're you're so passionate you are going to come out of this uh, stronger you would have spent these these months like learning something else or indulging in something else or having online shows so yes it is fluctuating a lot but having other skill sets will definitely help you and will also sort of mold your mind to think more openly i think that's 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 one thing i would say definitely i yeah awesome and that since you talked about mindset a bit and you've been around mm-hmm. and you're so successful yourself you've been around established kathakars all backgrounds so could you tell us what in your experience what is the mindset of someone who's made it in kathak what do they think about what what is the attitude they have towards life and do you have any suggestions to bring that mindset into your into someone's life who's kind of learning the art as well i don't know how much i'd be able to speak for someone some someone else um okay. i can probably speak about people who are around me sure. and myself um Yes. The mindset that I've had is like um that dance has been a very integral part of my life like gr- since growing up like the one thing I've always wanted to do is dance like regardless of anything else. So I know that when I put in the time to actually like start practicing and um 
working towards perfecting the movement or working towards perfecting the story or the choreography, my mindset is obviously that I get into my, my own bubble, if I may say, and um, sort of work towards it. And that even happens when I'm training, like I'm so I'm, I'm I don't really focus on other things. I try to sort of dull other things that are happening in life down to focus on this. And then when I get out of my bubble, um, I am obviously faced with reality, but also um, it has helped me really focus on dance as as a subject because most of my dance education has also been at par with my academic education and uh, taking up a curriculum like IB, which is a little hard for, it's not just examination, you're tested on many other things. So it was pretty stressful to keep up with both at the same time. And I actually just graduated from school this year. So um, it has been stressful, but I know that when I get into dance, like when I get into my dance mode, I am, I'm switched on, I'm focused. And then once I'm finished dancing, I can focus on other things. It also helps me sort of calm down. So for a person, if they are balancing two different things and they are wanting to dance, I would definitely suggest take it a day at a time. Definitely don't stress yourself out. But if you have several dance projects coming up, work on it. And when you're working on it, focus on that because then you get um, sort of, you're very efficient with it. And then when you get come out of it and you have switched off from that, you can focus on other things that are happening that are equally important, but will not get affected by the dance and the dance will not affected by the other things. That's one thing that I've learned in my journey up until now. Okay, and this is something that I'm very curious about for people who've grown up dancing since you've been dancing for most of your uh, most of your life uh and yeah. how do you deal with you know you you went through primary school middle high school as a teenager so how do you deal with like say the fear of missing out if your friends are hanging out but you want to practice and there's this whole oh. other life your friends have but you had to make that sacrifice to get where you are how do you deal with that fear oh yeah the fear of missing out has been a big part of my life um i think um, I think it's a small story I can actually share. I had my Rangmanch Pravesh when I was 14. So preparing for that itself took a year. And that would mean uh, going with my mother and Paliji to Lucknow to train. And that, that happened twice. Um, so once in, I think, Jan and once in June. Uh, and that would be a big part of, so that would be like two weeks of intense training for my Rangmanch. And then I would come back to school. So I would not only miss out on a social on my social life, which um, uh, um, I think all my friends just know, they just know that, okay, this girl is um, a little crazy, but she knows what she's doing. So we'll just support her. When she's back, we'll let her know what happened, uh, academic, like school-wise. But also once I was back, I would get to hang out with them a bit more and then go back into dancing. And um, I, I again, I've considered myself really lucky that I've had a really nice group of friends who just understood whenever I said I have to practice or whenever I said I have dance class, because every weekend I would have dance class and weekends are the only time you can actually hang out with your friends. Um, so they would be like, oh, my God, Swar, you're you have dance class again. And I would be like, yeah, I know, but uh, this is going to be my life after this. So if I don't focus on it now, when am I going to focus on it? So um we would we would change our plans up and uh, do a lot of that but yeah i have missed out on a lot of my gatherings and parties and 
much more than I would have like obviously I would have loved to go for parties and hang out with my friends but I think I've been balanced in a in a way um and the best part was I didn't feel like I was missing out so much because I had my guru behens on the side of dance I've grown up with my guru behens and they, we were all of similar age group as well so I would it it wasn't like I was alone I would either be hanging out with them dancing or I would be hanging out with my friends and it it was fine I think I've when I was growing up it was it hit a little hard when I couldn't be part of one party or one birthday party but as soon as I hit high school school stress already like comes in like parties like really like uh taper down a lot so that helped Okay, so it looks like you had a really good group of friends who were supporting you, even if they weren't agreeing with everything you're doing. And <laughs> you had yes. a great, great system of guru behinds in Gurukul. So yeah, amazing. I'm glad you had that support system. I'm glad you were able to say yes to the right things. And we're, here we are now. So yeah. that brings me to my next question, guru behinds. I touched upon this with Methli, but tell me about your guru behinds. Tell me about that relationship you have and how that's made you better as a dancer. I love my guru behinds. Uh, I'm the only child in my family. Um, so my guru behinds sort of are, not sort of even, they are my sisters. Um, if there's anything, they're some somehow the first people to get to know what's actually happening in my life uh, when it's not dance related. And um, I, while growing up, uh, I actually uh, remember my first day at Gurukul. I, w- I had just joined and I had just met Paliji and she had just taught me how to do my namaskar and do my tatkar. And I stood next to these two girls who looked really sweet and they were about my height. So I just assumed that they were about my age. And um, I, I've been friends with them ever since. Like I even, I even met them yesterday just to catch up. So I've been as tight with them as it goes. And the way they have shaped my dance and my life, I they've played a huge role because as I said, uh, um, academically, there were a lot of stresses that um, came up, especially when I would travel to give my um, vocational exams or I would be in Switzerland training with Paliji and I would have to come back a day before school started and hand in a lot of assignments. So, um, I think all each of my guru bands that I've spent a lot of time with have played a vital role in my life to just help me in like either telling me, hey, it's okay, it's going to be fine. So reassuring me or um, I even remember one of our, um, our residency trips, a couple of my guru bands helped me out in some of my um, subjects like I would I, I was a psychology student so one guru behan actually helped me like sat down with me and explained some concepts that I had that I was missing in school um which, which was happening simultaneously and um sometime else some of my guru behans have actually stayed up late with me just so that they can give me company while I write my assignments down or my essays down so uh being one of the senior students in Gurukul I I know that dance wise it was it was more of us helping each other out in a more dance way, but it's just outside of dance. They have helped me a lot and I am so thankful for them because um, I would do the same for them with a blink of an eye, like really, like they're my sisters. (laughs) That's amazing. And that brings me to my next question. So you have these group of people who you kind of, who learn the same things, who have the same syllabus. 
so what aspect of the of your training have you found that you know you have all these people learning the same things but they all come up come out as unique and dancers of their own i think that's the best part about gurukul and um, pali ji's mindset and um Uh, Ms. Somna Tagnet, our mentor, uh, who is also Baliji's sister, both their mindsets that have shaped Gurukul and how Gurukul has shaped us to become individuals who think for ourselves, who um, who ask questions, but definitely think for ourselves and create on our own. Um, from a very young age, we were inspired to choreograph small pieces on our own, and that choreography. those skills also instilled how we think for ourselves or how we feel about certain topics and um recently in in swiss international kathak festival the second edition um many of my guru behens and and i we participated and we all came out with different different concepts that were all shown through dance we're all paliji students but we all hit the nail on different different things like one one um, girl talked about depression another talked about how dance is a liberation for her um i i'm sure mainly the would have sh- shared how she spoke about um domestic abuse um i spoke about uh, uh, schizophrenia in um in a character in in uh, dance literature so it we all know how to think for ourselves because gurukul has instilled those skills within us and obviously not just gurukul um our environment our surroundings our parents our schools um dubai or uae is an op- more of an open minded uh, country that helps their students uh, sort of question things but definitely in in terms of dance um some of the first creative instincts gurukul would definitely encourage within their children within their students and um, even now um, when we have creative exercises or workshops where we are asked to do things on our own we all think for ourselves and then discuss it and then talk about how each idea can be made better with each of our suggestions so it's that individualistic teamwork if i may call it that's helped us become what we are today interesting term individualistic teamwork <laughs> and so that since you touched upon it let's get into it are you so tell us about you you touched upon doing a piece for schizophrenia so just in general when it comes to the message you spend on a spread through your dance what are the topics that you are passionate about so i'm very very passionate about social issues and medical issues uh, more so um social issues that are prevalent in today's world that i see close people or close people that i know go through um i had i have started working on a project on um for for example like drugs or some of my other works have been um uh, based on parkinson's disease or how dance movement therapy can help parkinson's disease or a mental health issue like schizophrenia and how um showcasing these issues as so basically what i try and do with my uh, choreographies are showing the issue uh, at its at, as as a whole and also showing the symptoms so it's in a way raising awareness sometimes my goal is to raise awareness sometimes it is to tell a story tell the story of um a general person suffering through these type of mental um disorders 
so yeah that's uh, basically what i like to focus on cuz i feel like storytelling and dance with storytelling has a lot of power it holds a lot of power on people uh, who are viewing us because we are not only talking about it we're giving them a visual interpretation of it so at the end of the day if you watch an educational or an informative dance um piece and you go back and you're on the streets and you see a person suffering with similar movement um suffering in a way that the movements that you just saw or watched are depicted then it it's faster to go help uh the person who's suffering so um it's what i try and do is educate through dance through educate on these kind of issues through dance understood and since you can you tell us what dance movement therapy is and what who is it for dance movement therapy is um is therapeutic movements that are used in in dance and um i actually came across this term when i was doing a project for school and um there is a a dance movement therapist uh, in in locally like in uh, dubai her name is vanita singh and she does dance movement therapy for parkinson's patients and she actually uses kathak as therapy for parkinson's patients so that caught my eye immediately and i i actually know vani vanita ji through gurukul because she has also like trained while i was growing up so um the the basic idea of dance movement therapy is that you use certain movements to as therapy for patients who have parkinsons or alzheimers dementia it's all prompts and cues that help these patients sort of um keep up with themselves if i may say that it's uh, let me talk about parkinsons because i've actually studied it um for example a parkinsons patient slowly slowly as you come across a stage 4 parkinsons patient they may even forget how to walk so for them to walk in in what a regular way would be they may need a sense of rhythm because walking involves rhythm they may need prompts like if you keep clapping like 1 2 3 4 that beat cycle sort of helps them helps their body like their body responds to that and it keeps it they they can actually walk they can step 1 2 3 4 we even work on other movements uh, like i've seen vani taji work on other movements like when you do padhant you're doing tal right so you move your hands you clap and then you move your fingers so that stretch of the finger sort of helps them feel those nerve endings that are on your that are on your palms but also gives them a sense of rhythm so it's easy for their brain uh, to follow um uh, yeah so some of the other movements were mobilization like wrist rotations or neck rotations that just keep their body engaged because after a point parkinson's patients and i'm 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 even guessing like alzheimer's and dementia patients they they're just stuck and they're just confined to one space and in order to prevent this from happening dance movement therapy is used to keep them going understood and i know there's this like since uh, you've been studying it and do you have have you seen any examples of people getting better over time using kathak as dance therapy based on what you've seen yes definitely definitely 
So the project that I actually based this whole um, initiative out of was basically me going to um, Vanita Ji's um, center called Movement Mantra, where and I would observe her teaching Parkinson's patients. So I do, uh, I have seen uh, patients who have been with her for five or six years, and they are they are, they actually get up on their own. They walk. They do the ta te te tat. They can speak oh. and enunciate more clearly. So it's it was very inspiring, honestly. Like it it really touched my heart. And then to do a piece based off of what I saw and observed on them, was um, was was very interesting. But it was also very hard not heartwarming it was it was it was sad because i knew these people personally and they had made an effect on my life and i really want to help in this society so i am working uh, with vanita uh, ji my mother is actually um doing music and voice therapy with them with those parkinson's patients so soon enough when i get more knowledge on dance movement therapy i would definitely want to go and volunteer and help out and yeah, I have seen your Parkinson's piece and it's amazing how it's still dance, but you've been able to capture the aspects of losing motor control. And it, yeah, it was, it's a really beautiful piece. And now Thank it makes so sense much. that, uh, you know, you had these, you actually went to the patients and you saw what their lives were like. And yeah. it shows in your work and that's amazing. And Thank you. Since you talked about your mother and you said that she does Carnatic vocals, uh, could you tell us a little bit about, since you, you've had, this formal education through ISTD and mm -hmm. tell us like learning vocals with your mother how has that impacted your Kathak? From a young age obviously I'm, I'm guessing since I was in my mother's womb uh, I've heard her sing so singing is something that I hold very dear to me uh, because my entire family is musical even my extended family is very musical in um, in our own right uh, learning from her actually started recently i used to learn from her when i was younger and i've recently started uh, delving deeper into um, different pieces and uh, learning things that interest me so i not only learn proper carnatic music i also if i have a tumri or a kajri that i have heard somewhere and i want to i want i want to sing it i can just go up to her and i have the freedom to ask her to just help me with the sur and the notes and ask her if I'm messing up somewhere, if I'm doing something wrong. And it really helps in dance because if you know how to sing your piece, you can definitely emote in dance much better because then in your brain, you're singing it, not just um, cleanly doing movements because then your movements become more lyrical, they become uh, more stylized. And not only that, and you can also, direct your musicians when you are doing a live performance or when you're getting your music recorded you can you have knowledge of music as well so you can help them see a bigger picture of what you're looking at so you can tell them oh in this place i wanted this way or in this place how about we have this instrument rather than another instrument so that musical knowledge i think every dancer should have and again i've been very blessed and lucky to have been born into a family that has that kind of knowledge um, and especially my mother she not only put me into um, music like obviously she, she not only taught me music she's also uh, 
helped me find people to train me in different other skills. So I had I had the opportunity to learn from uh, a Mridangam Vidwan. Uh, his uh, name is uh, Sri D. Govindrajan. And um, I'm really lucky to have gotten to learn the art of konokol from him. It's konokol is the verbal recitation of Mridangam bowls. And that helped me in Kathak. It helped me um, uh, articulate and enunciate my bowls better. My tal knowledge was, um, it definitely empowered me to explore tals in a deeper way in, in Kathak. Even though this was South, is a konokol is a South Indian um, uh, art form, but those skills sort of helped me in Kathak. And I also got the opportunity to learn uh, the Natvangam, which is uh, the instrument they use in Bharatanatyam while speaking the bowls. I got to learn that from uh, Srimati Anjana Ketty. She's a Bharatanatyam dancer based in uh, Dubai. And um, I got to learn that from her. And I didn't get to learn these art forms in, in, in their entire right, but I got a taste of it. And that has helped me in my tal uh, accuracy and precision. And it also it has also helped me like imagine how I would compose my future pieces when I uh, compose on my own. What type of instruments or what type of bowls I'd like to include, or what type of tals I'd like to use, what type of sounds I'd like to use. Um, so I'm really grateful for both my parents for thinking ahead um, and putting me in these type of classes that empowered me to not just think as a dancer but as a as a singer, as a musician, as a person who's getting their music recorded, as a person who's directing an, uh, uh, a production. So yeah, that's, that, that is what my mother has done. I'm so thankful to her. Awesome. And I think you'd, you, you're in a position to maybe discuss this a bit further. Uh, and this comes from a bit of a novice perspective, maybe. So the, now, when we think of our class, uh, Kathak, we think of it as a North Indian dance form now that I found, but now I found it's more of a South Asian dance form and Carnatic vocals are mostly used in the South of India. So, mm -hmm. but now in 20, now in this day and age, is, 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 is Carnatic music, is Carnatic music used a lot in Kathak or if it is used, would it be considered fusion of some sort? I don't think it would be considered fusion. And I think right. there is a difference between um, Carnatic music and using the the songs and literature that Carnatic musicians sing Ooh, because at the that. end of the day yeah yeah sure so at the end of the day literature is literature depending on how you use it is that's just a language barrier so if I'm using literature that is Tamil because I am Tamilian so using literature that's Tamil and doing Kathak on it is the same as using literature that is um, Urdu and doing Kathak on it in in my opinion even though historically and uh, geographically, Kathak was done in Urdu, Avdhi, bridge um, dialects and um, languages. I think as the world progresses, I'm in a position to imagine more Kathak pieces through Carnatic, uh, sorry, uh, Tamil literature, Sanskrit literature, um, mm -hmm. Telugu literature, which I am exposed to because my family is exposed to it. My mother okay. sings those type of pieces. So I might not necessarily use instruments that are used in Carnatic music, like the mridangam or the violin. I might still use a tabla and sitar and sarangi, but I might use literature that is taken from this part of India, like the South part of India. I, again, yeah, I wouldn't call it fusion, but I have started uh, taking pieces that are Carnatic um, 
based and I have started putting Kathak to it because I have those resources available at home and I I actually like exploring it's different because when you see the language um, you see you see how dance removes the language barrier and I love that about the entire process okay so thanks for clearing that up that really helps and uh, when it comes to the pieces you've explored with Carnatic literature do you have any favorites that you'd like to mention sure so um one piece that actually is on um that i had taken i had experimented with while singing and dancing at the same time it was a complete experimentation but it was a piece on krishna it's the song is govinda meha gopika nandakandam which talks about how krishna is um a site for every eye uh, everyone looks forward to um looking at him just hearing him play the flute and these kind of themes are very um interchangeable with different tumris that you get in um different dialects as well so understanding literature from that aspect wasn't hard because i have explored tumris that focus on the same, on similar themes but that's what i've recently experimented with before i have had the opportunity to experiment with other pieces in um based on durga uh, one more on krishna actually so yeah i think i've just started doing this so if i take it if i take it forward then i would love to put up something more on it because i have those resources and coming to your other initiatives uh, i've seen the spin positivity hashtag on instagram and other and if you want to talk would you like to talk about that and what are the other things you've kept busy with during 2020 oh sure of course so spin positivity was um <laughs> a movement that i started on impulse actually it was very spontaneous my i was i think the lockdown had just started in uae and i was in my last year of school and school had shut had shut down so it was all kind of depressing uh we didn't really get those senior year um events that would usually take place and it was really sad everyone was sad so my mom was like why not just dance just dance and i th- uh, being a psychology student i know that dance sort of elicits uh, neurotransmitters and hormones such as serotonin that helps you just stay motivated you know it helps those happy hormones come alive so i knew if i danced i would be fine i would get through this time fine but what about those other people so i started putting up 1 minute videos on social media every day and what happened was i actually didn't expect it to become um i i didn't expect people to actually like watch it or i didn't expect the response that i got it was a complete positive response the second day of me putting up videos one of my younger guru behens she messages me on instagram and she goes like didi um how do i take part in this movement and that's when it hit me that people are actually watching my work and they want to be a part of it because the first day i was like i had said in a video i was like dancers um uh tire bells let's dance this pandemic away i i don't know what i had said but I, even if i inspired one person to one other person to start dancing that really made me feel happy and it sort of helped me engage in and involve other people as well so the first week of uh, i it was a 21 day movement 
the first week it was just me dancing and other dancers other kathak dancers put it up on their put up one minute dances on their instagram stories and used the hashtag spin positivity um title and the second week i didn't just want it to be me dancing i wanted to include more people and uh there are many emerging musicians who i know are have i have grown up with are my friends um so i had arushi ramesh who's a violinist in india i connected with her and i did a piece where she's playing violin and i'm dancing similarly on another day i had arya chandra he's a pianist in switzerland um he is also um pali pali ji's son so i had that connection with him i've danced with him on the piano before so he played the piano to a western classical piece and i tried to talk about um talk about or sort of translate that into movement in kathak and i had six different people that i was dancing uh, to even my guru behan uh, revti mirchandani she plays the tabla so i um connected with her she played a tabla piece and it was world parkinson's day and i wanted to do something about that so i put down dance movement therapy for parkinson's disease in a nutshell in one minute and i tried to portray that so it was a very interesting experience i had with spin positivity it was a it was a huge learning curve it it helped me open up my creative senses and how to tell a story in a short amount of time in one minute was was definitely a challenge before but i feel like i'm getting better at it as i as i develop my um creative instincts and creative stories that i keep working on even movement vocabulary wise i got to learn a lot by watching other dancers who actually took part in the movement it was just those 21 days went by so fast i didn't even see what was like i didn't even think about the sad parts of the pandemic uh and i really hope that that's what um other people felt too and that was the main aim of it and it was about spinning positivity awesome and that's interesting so you're at a junction where you're kind of building your career but you're a senior student at gurukul and now that you've seen that you have influence a bit of influence on social media so how does that feel to know that people are already looking up to you and you're considered and how does that feel and how do you deal with that honestly it's it's daunting because now i know that i i don't want to mess up publicly but this always it comes back to something that pali ji told us and me specifically very early in life it was one of our first um, uh, it was my first show as a starting a beginner kathak dancer i was just 9 years old and uh, we had just finished our tech rehearsal for the show and we were going to go and get dressed for the actual show and pali ji calls up us all of us on stage and she just touches the stage she touched the stage very lovingly and she was like beta this is the stage you make all your mistakes on but you also learn from those mistakes so that sort of keeps ringing in the back of my head every now and then when i post something on social media or i do a performance because i mean social media can come with its pros and cons um you're not only getting positive attention but you also know that there are there are going to be people who will critically view your work and that's good so taking feedback is important taking the right kind of feedback is important so filtering out um unwanted things that may de- genuinely hurt you 
is is not needed. You don't have to take that kind of feedback, but taking real critical feedback that is going to help you is very important. And I think that is something that my parents have always told me, like be rooted and stay grounded and take the feedback you know will help you just emerge as a better and stronger dancer. Uh, so that's what I feel about being on social media and being looked up to is honestly, again, it's, 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 it's scary, but I know that when I put my work out there, I, I want it to be good. I want it to be of good quality. And I hope at the end of the day, it inspires another dancer like me to also have the confidence to put their work up and celebrate their work, have confidence in themselves and celebrate their work. Uh, so if people are looking up to me in that segment, I'm really happy because that just means that more people are getting confidence and confidence in themselves to actually do something with the knowledge and artistic abilities they have. Okay, and since you mentioned feedback, how do you discern between feedback that is just useless and feedback that maybe doesn't feel good to you, but is still important and something that you need to work on? I think um, I have to be very thankful to my both my parents and uh, Paliji for this, because uh, whenever I do, whenever I get feedback that I am not able to sort of um, differentiate between, I discuss it with my parents. And then I also discuss it with Paliji because my parents will be able to give me good input, but Paliji will also be able to give me good input with the thought of dance in mind. So um, I think that's one thing that I really like about uh, my relationship with my parents and with Paliji. It's filled with trust and I can be open with them. I can be myself with them uh, where I, even if I'm unsure about something, I can just go ask because am I doing the right thing? Am I thinking, the, am I thinking in the right direction um, when I get such feedback? Um, because it's important to throw away the, the as you said, the, the feedback that may not be uh, helpful because it can really hurt someone if you take it, if it can really hurt you as a person if you take it in the wrong way, when the, the person who's giving the feedback may not have meant it, you're not in contact with them. So how are you supposed to differentiate whether how they like, um, discern how they meant it or not, right? So it comes down to just taking what feels you know you can work on and what you can look forward to. I think talking to your support system is very important because doing everything on your own is it may just sink you down. So I I always, if I feel like something isn't right or if I feel something isn't going with my own value system, I go talk to my parents and I go talk to my guru because at the end of the day, I. I'm just 19. I I have not seen the world outside UE as much as um, other established Kathak dancers have because obviously I've been in school and all of that. So to in order to differentiate, I, I think I still uh, need that kind of support and guidance. And I even talked to my mentor, uh, Somna Ji. She she's come from a business background as well. So she also helps me think in those terms, think in those directions. And all of this up to until now has helped me a lot to think for myself in in ways regarding feedback and putting up things on on the net and all of that. Uh, but if something does not go with me, I go talk to all four of them because I don't want to feel 
very very weak and low for no reason it's not needed to feel such ways when you can avoid it and just talk to people so yeah that that's what i do okay so ashian if you're comfortable sharing what is the type of feedback that's unwarranted that dancers in your, your position typically hear i assume that a lot of dancers in your position also hear similar things that doesn't really serve them i mean blatant things that that really hurt you like what is this or um this is not okay this goes against the traditional route many things like that i have seen it it may not have even been directed towards me like if i'm scrolling through social media and i see such a comment right. my first thought is why would someone comment such a thing why are you saying that it's not mm-hmm. it's it's not their work why should they comment that but then that's how the world works right you get both positive and negative feedback so if it's feed, it's if it's things like that that are bothering but may, need not be taken into consideration um i would say that type of feedback is what you should be wary of but if it's genuine feedback like when i was doing spin positivity um one of the pieces i i tried to sing and i tried to dance at the same time and growing up in dubai and not really having knowledge of the um articulation of like tumris and even though i have quite a bit there are some dialects that i've still not been able to crack or they've still not been are not a part of my system so while speaking them i may mess up on the accent um so there was um one of what someone who had commented the right words and you know those kind of things are helpful because at the end of the day now i know that okay i've messed up but i should acknowledge and say thank you to this person because they have helped me and next time i sing this piece or any similar piece i will pay closer attention to what i'm actually saying while dancing so that was really helpful and that really opened up my mind because then you're not ignorant to everything else that is that you're doing right it helps you in many different ways not just this incident but it it just helps you open up to more possible avenues that you can build yourself on and work on so that is helpful constructive critical feedback that i think every dancer should get is should be blessed to get because then they can work on it and improve themselves and empower themselves with it but things that are just blatantly negative and uh, demeaning need not be taken why why should you take that it, if it doesn't go with your self values and self respect and self esteem if it's going to just put you down take if and don't take it but if it's if you know somewhere that it's going to help you talk to people talk to your support system and clarify if you're thinking in the right direction awesome and can that kind of brings me to my last question now it looks like the pandemic really hasn't slowed you down for ashri which is remarkable and so when it comes to the your future projects and things you are excited about and you want to discuss what would those be thank you for saying that the pandemic hasn't slowed me down that makes me feel so nice um yeah i have had um with the blessing of paliji i've had the opportunity to perform in two or three online shows myself and even take part in virtual festivals that where i submit my piece and it's uh, premiered in those festivals so i'm really grateful for the opportunities that i got during the pandemic uh future projects um i'm actually not sure because everything is uncertain right now everything comes within 2 weeks of me knowing what to do and then i 
recorded and I presented and I sent it out and two weeks later it's being it's, it's being premiered so um, future projects like that I don't I'm literally not sure about but one interesting project that I've just recently been a part of was a play like a theater play that I got to uh, dance in and that was actually being back on stage after these nine ten months of not being on stage at all um, it was a Hindi based play called Kaumudi um, and it's written originally by Abhishek Majumdar and it was um, uh, sort of presented by Dubai theater artists and dancers. So this time I wasn't actually working with Gurukul. I was put out there as a professional dancer who was working with a completely new set of dancers, a new choreographer. And um, it was my first experience as a professional dancer working on my own. Because usually I, I have Paliji or I have Somnaji who, um, uh, because I'm usually performing solos. But here I was doing a group piece with new dancers and a new network, uh, which was very interesting because I got to, um, I got these new experiences. It was a great learning curve and being back on stage was amazing. So I can go on and on about being back on stage. That was an amazing experience. And that was a great first project, a first live project to have even during when the pandemic is going on. Awesome. And that brings me to the end of this episode. Thanks a lot for joining, Swarashri. Uh, and thanks to Baliji for connecting us. I really enjoyed Definitely. this one. Thank you for having me. For sure.